I was, as I was studying this passage, the first observation that just kind of stuck out to me is that there's kind of a two phrases that are repeated here. And to me, he was willing and he partnered with them. Right, I'll just keep reading through this as we go through it. Verse 21, to everyone who is willing and who partners with them. Verse 22, all who are willing men and women of Israel. Verse 25, every skilled hand and skilled craftsman. Verse 26, all the women overwhelming generosity that is freely and voluntarily given. There's no manipulation, no coercion, no pressure, just willingly participating. My second observation that I saw here is that the descriptors used in the majority of these verses are either all or everyone. Right? All the women, all who were skilled, everyone who was willing, even the leaders. Right? The generosity came not just from one or two got involved and contributed to this church. And to the same leaders, not those who were you know, more well-off, even prostitutes. And how they did it is they just simply each gave according to their own ability. 
think of like goat hair <laughs> or olive oil. But other than vacuuming up dirt, they're like thinking a little bit more carefully. I'll jump to verse 35. It says, he has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. So there's a lot of like physical work that people came in and offered. Regardless of what it was, whether it was stuff and material resources or your physical labor, he put you in this place to be useful. Really, really useful. And by what's recorded in these verses, it clearly shows you that everyone responded with overwhelming gratitude to the work that was provided. Now, I look at the Israelites in this chapter, and I'm actually pretty, I'm actually pretty amazed. I think that they've come a pretty long way, actually. Like, they're coming out of Egypt. They're trying to, you know, refine their identity. You know, they were slaves for 400 years. They're figuring things out. And then they have the golden calf incident. Like, we need to start over, right? But after all that's happened, it's kind of like they are starting over. Almost wanting to get it. And we see it in their faithfulness in general. We see it in their follow God's instructions to the letter. We see it in their diligence. And you know what? In chapter 36, verse 3, it says, and the people continued to yearn free will after morning after morning after morning. The giving just kept going. The people were so moved in their hearts that they went home and every morning they would bring even more offerings. And it comes to a point where they brought way more than they all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and started to multiply. The people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord has commanded to be done. So Moses gave an order and they sent this word throughout the camp, no man or woman is to make anything else but this offering to the Lord. And so the people were responding in bringing more because what they already had was more than enough They had more than enough to the point where Moses has to give like an actual order for the people to be restrained from giving. Isn't that like, isn't that a beautiful picture of God's people expressing their generosity? What a generous people looks like. They were so generous that they had to physically be held back from giving even more. That that is what God's people look like. Now here we get to the I want us to connect the dots a little bit. Why are we even studying this particular chapter as our last message in this series? Well, we've been asking ourselves this question, like, who God wants us to be? What, what kind of people is he calling us to be? What does a transformed people actually look like? And the way that I see it is that God's transformed people is because of their generosity. Right? And I'm not talking being generous with your money or your resources, though, that is part of it. I, I want us to take the principles of this scripture and just kind of broaden our scope a little bit. I'm talking about being generous with your time and your love and your empathy and your forgiveness. I'm talking about being generous with your life, with your testimony of God's grace to the world around you. The 
mark of, of God's grace being people of kindness is that we don't go willingly winning with the things of God. And so if that is true, how do we become generous? How do we live out overwhelming generosity as the early church? Uh, so don't forget where we started. Remember how uh, the, the very first things that God wanted to know about his people, the very uh, first verse out of chapter 37, God wants to rest, right? There's a reason that rest and Sabbath are mentioned before the work or the giving is even mentioned. And, and that's not the only place that Sabbath is mentioned. Sabbath was also, you know, you see it in, in creation when God was creating the world and he rested. You see it in when, when Moses is telling them the instructions for the tabernacle the very first time he mentions Sabbath. Sabbath shows up again in the middle of the Ten Commandments, right? The middle dealing with God and the ones dealing with people. And so like we mentioned earlier, Sabbath is not only of utmost importance to God, but it's highly connected to how we live in obedience to him and how we live generously to others. And so the big idea for today is this. A rested people is a generous people. Not arrested, okay? A rested people is a generous people. Rest almost precedes generosity. It's, it's a necessary prerequisite to living a generous life. And I would argue that generosity is dependent upon rest. Because without it, generosity is, is not sustainable. Right? It is out of rest that the Israelites were able to hear God's voice. Because they were able to rest securely on God's sovereignty and provision, they didn't have to be anxious about parting with their stuff. Right, or giving things away, not having enough. No, they could just keep trusting God. And in that security, they were able to hold their possessions with open hands and give freely and generously. A rested people is a generous people. So you ask me, how does that then play out into our lives today? Well, okay, I, I have this illustration. I actually don't really ever do illustrations. But um, I feel like it could be beneficial for us to see, actually physically see this in person. So I got three cups here. One that says family. One that says work. One that says church slash friends. You could fill in the blank with whatever is relevant in your life. And I have this cup of water. Okay. This cup represents you. This cup represents you. And these are the things in your life that give you a sense of now, right now, this cup is full. Um, just imagine this as to you at the start of the week. Now, I know all you guys are busy people, right? You've got responsibility. You've got things to do. And so maybe you've got a family member or a spouse or loved one to take care of. Maybe you've got to organize meals or have drop-offs and pickups, and you know you got to tend to your family's needs emotionally, spiritually, physically. And so, you know, at the start of the week, you pour a little bit into that cup. A lot of you guys also work, and so you have jobs and deadlines and, you know, a lot of pressure. You, you want to do well at your job, and so you, you know, spend your time doing a little bit of that. The last bucket is church and friends or family, whatever. And so you, you 
come to church on a Sunday, you have home groups throughout the week, and, and maybe you're here and, and your friend is like going through something and you're like, oh, I just I can sit down with them and you know, pray for them or listen to them and, and then pray a little bit more. <laughs> all right, so you do all of these things with a smile on your face because you want to be generous. You want to be loving and, and, and it's no no problem at all thing is, another week rolls by, and you've got the same responsibilities, even more opportunities to be generous with each other. It seems you're so busy that you can't rest. You can't take a day to Sabbath, right? And so this cup stays as it is, and, you know, you pour a little bit more wine into into each of these cups, right? And now you're left with by and you've got to do the same thing but you're down to your like last two scores here what happens now oh sorry i wasn't gonna but yeah (laughs) you drink it (laughs) okay i see two things happening in this situation okay the first one is that you guys are so generous and it's i know and so you actually pour it out, and you have nothing left in the cup after that. Okay, you have nothing left in the cup. You, you pour everything out, and what happens? Oh, you have nothing left in the cup. You have nothing left to give. You end up burnt out, maybe. You, you know, you're physically tired. You're emotionally drained. You, you have nothing left to give. There's nothing left in your cup, and this does not look now, the other alternative that I, I thought of is you see this cup here. This is what you have left. And you start to look at it, and you don't want to pour it out to anyone else. <laughs> Actually, you look at it, and you start to worry. And you start to hold on to this last pour for yourself, and you hold on to it really tightly. right? And you start to worry because you realize, Actually, I don't really have that much at the tank, and I don't have enough to give to other people. And so someone comes to you and really wants you to pray with them, and you say no. <laughs> you, you turn down being hospitable to people. You, you do all these things right because you don't have enough to give to them. And before you know it, you start to become the opposite of generous. You start to become stingy. Does that relate to, any, can you guys, I mean, silently, you can think to yourself, does, does that relate to any of you guys? You start to become stingy with yourself and your time and your money and, and et cetera, et cetera. I, I know that I have experienced that for sure. I've definitely been there. Like when I'm burnt out and not being filled up, I can very quickly see that spirit of generosity and love just going away from me. And Stephen Stephen will tell you, like, when I'm tired and I haven't rested, like, I'll get a little bit cranky. Uh, I know it's hard to believe, but I will get cranky. And, you know, I'll lash out a little bit here and there. You know, I become stingy with my empathy or uh, stingy with my compassion and my understanding. I get, I have a short fuse. Um, He just avoids me during those times, you know. Right? Or when I have a million things to do and I'm running from thing to thing, someone wants to meet up and talk and, you know, I'm nice, I'll say yes, but 
I'm stingy with my attention span and my presence. My mind is completely elsewhere. When money is tight, maybe I spent a little more this month than I thought, then I'll make excuses why this is just not the right time to give, not the right time to donate to that cause or help that person out. I'm so busy in my plan and my schedule that I can't even afford to stop when, when someone on the street just really wants a little help. I can just pretend like I don't see them, right? How many of you guys have done that? This is what happens when we are so empty, either empty or down to our last core, when we don't have time to take a rest in God, we start to live from a mindset of scarcity as opposed to abundance. And that was something that really honestly could have happened with the Israelites here. They had just come out of Egypt right, as slaves. Can you imagine the slave mentality that they could have had? Right, We need to look out for ourselves. Like We need uh, to do this, we don't have enough. We need to survive and take care of us. And they could have said that here, but they didn't. Instead, they learned rest in God. They learned and they gave generously and willingly and abundantly until there was no one left. The thing about practicing Sabbath and taking time to rest is that it helps us move from a mindset of scarcity. We don't have enough to one of abundance. God provides besides allowing our bodies to physically rest, it helps bring things into proper perspective and place in relation to God. When we rest is when we, when we stop working and stop worrying for some, we can be still in his presence and rest secure in the fact that God is in control. Right? The, the world will be okay if I stop working for a little bit. We're not meant to be machines that just never take a break, that are just going, going, I don't have to worry or be anxious because God will take care of me. Everything comes from him. He will provide my needs, just like he says in his word. Right? How much more does he care for the birds of the air? How much more will he care for you? When we start doing things God's way, the way he designed them, we start to realize these things. And we'll quickly realize that you know, God is pretty smart. He knows what he's doing. He knew what he was doing when he rested after creating the whole world. How can we not follow suit? When we rest in him, we begin to trust his provisions, his character, his goodness, and it's like our cup is being filled up again and again so that we can continue to pour into others generously like he calls us to. A rested So if that's the answer then, why is it so hard for us to do? Why is it so hard? We saw the illustration there. There's no more to pour, right? Why is it so hard for us to just rest and to be filled up by God? Maybe, you know, you've been growing up and you've been taught to like be productive all the time. And if you, do, if you don't do this, if you don't get things done, then you're, something bad is going to happen, right? Everything's going to fall apart without you. Or maybe it's just the, the hustle culture that we live in, especially in the Bay Area, where productivity is a mark of your value. I admit, I used to think that being burnt out was like a badge of honor. Like, I, I wanted to be so busy and, 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 you know, that people would look at me like, oh, wow, she's doing so much. I thought I was doing something right when I was just running around with no breaks. It's this idea, if I'm productive, then I am valuable. 
But church, doesn't that sound tiring? God wants you to know that he did not want it that way. He didn't design life in his kingdom to be lived in that way. And church, maybe like the Israelites coming out of Egypt who had to relearn a few things, maybe this is something that we do too. I I really feel like God is saying to us, rest. My child, just rest. Slow down. Stop stop worrying over everything. Stop. Just be still. Rest secure in who I am. Right? He says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Trust me. Let me fill your cup so that you can do what you need to do and do them well, so that you can give your time and money and resources without feeling like you don't have enough, so that you may be God's transformed people in this world, a kingdom of priests of the nations who are generous with his love and grace because we don't live in scarcity, we live in the abundance of his provision and his grace. A rested people is a generous people, and God wants us to be both. So I'm going to ask you here today, how full is your cup? How full is your cup? If you're looking at your life right now and the way that it's been going, how full is your cup? And will you let God fill it? Our extra credit for this week uh, is simple. I I want you to ask yourself that question. Take an inventory of your life. How full is your cup? And I I really urge you to take this seriously because it's of utmost importance to God. And he wants you to be generous people and he wants you to rest in him. And so our extra credit is up on the screen. Um, Choose one day this week to Sabbath. If you can't manage a full day right at the start, maybe it's a few hours, just to rest. Step away from work or school or responsibilities and spend time with God. Spend time with your loved ones. You know, I I play board games on my day off and rest. You know, I take a walk. I do all these fun things that give me life. Um, So I encourage you to do that. Maybe it's it's reading and meditating through scripture. Matthew 6 is a great one to remind you that God is, is provider. And from that rest, ask yourself how God might be calling you to be generous to something or someone this week. And out of that rest, act upon that. And if you want to take a photo of it, take a photo of it. Um, but I really encourage you to take this seriously and to try this. Now, as we come to a close in our series, uh, I want to bring us back to the hope for this year. We started out in January with a series on discipleship and spiritual formation, right? Learning how to be God, uh, true disciples of Jesus. And this Exodus series continues on with that vision, with the hope of becoming God's transformed people who know him and who live according to his ways, right? It's all about being changed people, transformed into the likeness of Jesus, changed by the gospel. And so we end here because a big part of following him is resting secure in him and in turn living out generously out of that rest to those around us. And so when God fills up our cup, we truly can become the overwhelmingly generous people that he calls us to be. Just as God himself was generous to us as he freely gave his son to die on the cross that we might have abundance, the abundance of life in him. A rested people is a generous people. 
How full is your cup today? And will you let God fill it? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for the ways that you are teaching us how to be your transformed people who live uh, out your goodness and generosity in the world. I pray for each person here today, Lord, to know your rest. And I ask, Lord, that you would fill them up so that they may pour generously into others just as you have into us. We love you, Lord, so much. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.